everyone. Thank you for listening to The Death of VHS, the movie review podcast. Please remember that the language and topics might not be suitable in a typical work environment, as there might be strong language or triggering topics during the review of movies, ranging from a G rating to an R rating. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. There comes a time in an actor's life when they realize maybe there's more to this world than nonstop action. Maybe life wants me to be more than a tough guy with shiny eyes, or a tough guy that needs to avenge someone, or a tough guy that drives a tough car and has a tough family. Well, Vin Diesel woke up one day and realized his talents were more than those things. It was his time to be a regular guy just looking to do the right thing that was also tough and that happened to care a lot about his family. Today we're talking about what could possibly be one of the most overlooked films in Vin Diesel's career. Or not, we'll let you decide. 2006's Find Me Guilty, based on the true story of Fat Jack DiNorcio. Because hey, he's not a gangsta, he's a gagsta. This is The Death of VHS. So welcome to the Death of VHS. I'm your host today, Jamie, and with us we got Oni and Richie. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> we stay on assignment. Okay. You I love that. To do Richie and I. You do it. it. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. All right, so let's go right into the box office stats, which I actually didn't even look up ahead of time. So I'll be interested to know how well Find Me Guilty did. Oh, it did not do well. <laughs> Find Me Guilty has a runtime of two hours and five minutes. It it was directed by Cindy Lamont. Uh, it was written by Cindy Lamont with T.J. Mackney and uh, Robert McRae. It released on March 17, 2006. Its budget was $13 million. That's roughly $19 million now. And it grossed a grand total of 2.8 million so it did not even make budget um it's about 4 4.3 million nowadays it is a uh comedy biography crime drama so that might might be why <laughs> that it did not uh and then it's it's rated R for language and uh sexual suggestion it did win two awards. No, it won one award. My apologies. Uh, and they're both the Stinkers Bad Movie Award. <laughs> it was Most Intrusive Musical Score. That's what it won. And then Vin Diesel was nominated for Worst On-Screen Hairstyle. But he lost to uh, to Tom Hanks in The Da Vinci Code. Oh. <laughs> which, in my, opin- my opinion, it was bad, but I still think Vin... Should have won it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it has an, uh, a rating of 62% for both audience and critics on... Oh, wow. Um, yep, on, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, it, it did not make budget. If you want something comparative, uh, if you guys have listened to our Code of Silence one, if you haven't, go listen to it. But Code of Silence had a similar budget of roughly $19.2 million real dollars nowadays. And uh, Code of Silence made three times that. Wow. Three times their budget. And I would yeah. love to know hmm. what the the budget had to have gone directly to the actors for Find Me Guilty, because it was a courtroom drama. I would assume. There's no explosions. Yeah. There's nothing. 
Yep, and then also like, yeah, that had to be. So I mean, like you're talking small budget, but I mean, it didn't even gross twenty two percent of its budget. Wow. Yeah, and those are your stats. Wow. All, all right. Cool. Well, to I guess it could possibly explain these stats is the the, the brief synopsis uh, or description of the movie. So basically, it is based on a true story and it takes place in the late 1980s and Jack DiNorcio is just a low-level mafioso and he has to basically defend himself and all of his uh, mafia family of course as, as they call him uh, in court and it's all uh, a racketeering charge is, is how everyone got uh, kind of brought in and he um, if I remember correctly and you guys Tell me if I'm wrong, because uh, the specifics now are, are leaving my mind. But the the lawyer, the uh, prosecutor, basically sets him up, right? Like uh, he's already in jail for some some kind of BS charges. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, so he's BS. serving time. He was under he was under a sting investigation. He got busted selling drugs. Oh, I thought it, yeah. I thought they set him up. Okay, so that's my mistake then. That, that tells you guys I didn't watch this yesterday. I watched this quite a few <laughs> weeks ago. But but either way, um, I, the guy, tr- the the prosecutor tried to get him to flip on his family, which you know, I'll give him credit. He was more than willing to to serve jail time than ever flip on his family, um, which is probably the 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 most likable part of this character is that he really is honestly loyal, even though even if he isn't an honest individual in general. Um, and so the, that's that's the the gist of the movie. It's all in this courtroom as he's defending himself while the rest of his mafia family has you know lawyers and plenty of money, whereas Jack doesn't have any of that and he's just gonna run his mouth and defend himself. And that's literally the entire movie is whether he's gonna hurt the case or help the case. Um, and there's yeah, well. That's it. I mean, that's the that's the synopsis of the show. Yeah, the movie straightforward. So, what do you guys? <laughs> I mean, there's really no point in getting into the details unless I'm going to read you the entire script, word for word. But um, yeah, I want to hear your guys' opinion on this because I know I have my thoughts. I did watch this when it first came out uh, on DVD, which is like I think you know the end of 2006. But what what did you guys think? Let's uh, let's start with you, Richie. So yeah, I like the movie uh, overall. Um, I had never heard of it before we rolled it up for our next movie um, after our last episode, but it, uh, it, it, it's kind of surprised me on um, how well done it was. Um, it was weird seeing Vin Diesel in a somewhat not cheesy action role. Um, and it's set in a cheesy dramatic role, but uh, it, it kind of caught me off guard how much I liked it. All right, and and how about you, Oni? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, to say the least. Yeah, like like Richie said, it it was really different to see Vin Diesel in a um, <clears throat> a real character role. You know, um, I think he did fine. <laughs> I think my overall impression of the movie was was kind of bland. This was my first time watching this movie as well. Um, I didn't hear of it until we rolled it as well. I thought it was an interesting crime movie. Uh, I I 
personally like Law and Order. I like SVU specifically. I can't watch it anymore because I have kids and it just makes me scared and paranoid. So mm-hmm. I don't watch it anymore. And I think every parent out there is like, yeah, no, I get your feelings, Zoni. I agree with you. I'm going to speak on behalf of every parent out there at least. Uh, but, you know, this movie was very, very different, I guess, from the movies we've so far reviewed. Um being that as it is, I thought it was decent. I, I wouldn't rate it pretty high, but we'll get into that later. Okay. But it was uh, it was just weird. I think weird is the best description <laughs> for, for this movie. Weird overall. Yes. For Vin Diesel, really weird. Accurate. Uh, but I understood why he did it, and we'll get into that later. What would you say was most weird, Oni? His... Uh... His acting or his hair? Oh, his hair. His hair, 100%. Like, that was just just trying to get past the hair was its own ordeal for me while I'm watching that movie. But, I mean, yes. and then his acting there. Because his acting wasn't bad. His accent was really good. I liked the accent. He, mm-hmm. Obviously, he has really good um, acting roots in that area. But, yeah, the hair just, it was, it was like seeing... Somebody trying to wear a helmet. It's literally a hair helmet, and it, it's hard to see past. Yeah, I. I it's funny because I remember when it when it came out, we we definitely went in. We obviously, we didn't go to the theater to see it. We waited until it came out on DVD, and then what we you went in with incredibly low expectations because, I mean, every movie up to this point that he's done, I want to say actually in Saving Private Ryan, I think he has a little bit of hair, right? I don't think he's completely bald for that short scene that he's in uh, or, you know, the yeah. short time that he's in the movie. But for most else, I mean, uh, like Pitch Black, Fast and Furious, Knock Around Guys, Triple X, uh, Man Apart, Chronicles of Riddick, The Pacifier. He's bald. Like, so that's how you've known him for the past, uh, let's say, six years, pretty much. Um, maybe even eight years, depending on Saving Bright Ryan. But anyway, so yeah, you go in there and that's the first thing you notice is, is the hair and you, and it takes you a really long time <laughs> to adjust to that. <laughs> but it's the super shock value. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's where I think like eventually he is that, he is that character. He is Jack DiNorcio and, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's just a, a regular guy. And I think it, it, that kind of brings it surprisingly brought us down and his acting in his voice work was decent. And, and then you have some really good supporting characters. So yeah, in, in general, it surprised the hell out of us. And we, uh, we at, when the DVD ended, we're like, wow, I can't believe I just enjoyed this film with Vin Diesel for the most part, you know, but yeah, what, what, uh, aside from his hair, what else stood out to you guys the most? <laughs> Uh, that Peter Dinklage was in it. That yeah. one that uh, obviously, and if <laughs> people don't know me, but five five foot two is my height, so I'm I'm kind of in the short king realm. And uh, seeing Peter Dinklage in it, going holy crap, that's Peter <laughs> Dinklage, and it's from you know because I've seen him in many mm-hmm. other many other stuff. Uh, most notably, one of my favorite roles he's ever did was what he did in Pixels. Just a good, good film, very funny. But just to see him as like in suit, you know, as a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the defendants, that was really, really well done. He did a great job. Uh, but he stood out to me the most. Uh, 
but I think it's only because I was at eye level with them. So <laughs> probably it. What about uh, what about you, Richie? Well, I think uh, what stood out the most to me as I was looking into this movie um, was how much of mm-hmm. the movie dialogue in the courtroom specifically mm-hmm. drawn from real court transcriptions. A lot. I can't remember the exact statistic, but it was something like 95% of it was straight from the transcripts. And, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it makes me wonder about the, the real Jackie, uh, you know, like how, uh, you know, I mean, I guess he really was a gangster in real life. If that was, you know, Hey, yeah. we're just going to take everything you said and make it a movie. I mean, um, so I thought that was pretty impressive there. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, it's funny cause I, I typically, and I know there's going to be a lot of people out here that, that hate me for this, but I typically stay away from shows. Um, and then I don't enjoy movies as much when the central character that you're supposed to root for is technically a bad guy. Um, and granted in, in this, they didn't show him with any crimes. They just kind of build up that he's a, a regular guy and he happens to, you know, be in jail and be a, a gangster. But usually those kind of movies, I'm not really into it. And I think the, the perfect example from this film would be if his boss, Nick Calabresi, was the was the main character, I would hate it because he's such an asshole yeah. and su- such clearly a mm-hmm. piece of crap, right? Oh, yeah. But, it, I mean, Alex Rocco played that perfectly. But, yeah, like Peter Dinklage being into it, being in it when uh, prior to this, only a few years before, it was Elf was, like, probably the biggest movie that anyone knew him from and still didn't really know who he was. That was, that was interesting. And he was a great character, like, the, you know, uh, his stature had no, uh, Im- you know, important part to the film. He was just a lawyer, and I love that. I love that he was just a regular dude, and he played it. But perfectly. you know what, though? Yeah, I I gotta argue with that though. About yes, it it didn't. You know, it's not like they made a big deal mm-hmm. out of it. As far as, you know, oh look at this lawyer who is also a little person or whatever. Mm-hmm. But did anybody else feel put off by how much emphasis they put on his? I guess his assistant or, you know, junior attorney or, or whatever he was going and getting the podium and making such a production. Oh, of pulling I, the podium. I have strong like, opinions on this. Okay. <laughs> but all for the right reasons. Like it, all right. Like it just felt, it, it was like, why are we making such a big deal about this podium? Like, I mean, it was that's a true. whole production. That's true. It's so, twofold. Just, all right. Okay. All right. Hey, it's time for this attorney to get up and then we're, three minutes while we drag this podium out for him to stand on. I mean, it just felt really, it it felt really out of place to me. Like, do we really need to focus on this? That's really funny because that's personally my favorite scene of the whole film. Uh, (laughs) The fact that you say that only because it's such a power move. He doesn't get it himself. Mm -hmm. He makes his assistant do it. And he just steps up like nothing's different. Honestly, I think they played it well only because one, as a jury, as a juror, you're going to look at this and go, wow, this is kind of comical. But it was mm-hmm. one of the most serious parts of the film <laughs> was that <laughs> whole interchange. And I think it's just mm-hmm. to get you over that gap real fast to say, yeah, he's short. We get it. You get it. I get it. We're just going to move <laughs> on from this point and nobody say a damn thing about it. Well, when are you hiring a podium? I, assistant? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want one. I have to get my own soapbox every <laughs> single time. And it's annoying. <laughs> I can't wait till my kids grow up so I can make them do it. 
It reminded me of the uh, the scene in Men in Black when Will Smith's taking the test and he goes and drags the table all across the room. <laughs> he gets a table. See, and that scene was funny. Like that was so yes. purposely done. But it reminds you of it, and it's right. just dark contrast. You're like, okay, because it's an action film where he's dragging this table, and everybody's mm-hmm. like looking at him, and you just it's uncomfortable. That's why you're laughing because you're like, if you were in that scenario watching this dude just screech drag a table over you're like what the hell man but in this film it's supposed to be like funny 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 and then you you get this scene and like nobody's laughing nobody's doing anything and it's super serious i don't know i i felt fine about that i felt fine about that it's a short short king thing power move i'm good with it he's gonna set the stage he's gonna have that Everybody's going to understand when he takes that. He's like, I'm here for business and that's it. And I think uh, Peter Dinklage played that really well. Yeah. And I I feel like it it was like a brief moment where it kind of showed like all these criminals actually have a little class because they could have taken that moment to laugh at him or making snide jokes. And it's like, no, just uh, let him pull out the podium, do his thing. Uh, Yeah. But but either way. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we know. Now we know what stood out to Richie uh, 100% outside of there. You got to be able to see him. But yeah, and, and, and then the last thing that kind of uh, stood out to me or uh, was like, so you got Peter Dinklage's character, which I thought was a great character. Jack DiNorcio was, was a decent character. You know, you could be very likable. And then for once, because there's a lot of times, I don't know if this, this happens to you guys, when a certain actor is in a movie. And he's known for being an asshole or something. You're like, okay, you, you kind of already assume that the character he's playing in this movie is probably going to be an asshole. So, so when Ron Silver was the judge and he turned out to be a very likable judge, I was mm-hmm. shocked because he's almost always a douchebag or an asshole, you know, at least in the movies I've seen him in. And so I, yeah. I kind of liked it. It was like a nice change for that particular guy. And he, well, he kind of started yeah. out like that, you know, at first it's just like, he, he just seems like this kind of, you know, cut the crap, mm-hmm. no nonsense. Like, you know, this is a waste of time. I'm I'm irritated to even be here, kind of thing. But then, as the movie went on, you know, like when um, like when Jackie's uh uh, his mom, mom was it his mom that died, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, when his mom died, you know, and the judge was you know really just human mm-hmm. and like you, know, I mean, so it, I thought it was cool how he. You know, at first you thought he was just going to be another one of these, you know, just jerk, yeah. whatever. But, you know, it, it really showed, like, the human side of him, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What was your uh, your absolute, well, your favorite part or your least favorite part, your most hated part, Richie? Whatever. I don't know. That That's a really tough one for me. I mean, so much of the movie, you know, is just the same thing. I mean, you know, I mean what, like 70, 75, 80% of the movie is just standing in a courtroom. So, I mean, it's hard for me to pick one favorite part. Um, I, I don't know. Um, probably it, it, out of any of it, it would have to be the um, when Jackie is cross-examining his cousin. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like, you know, I don't care about anything else that happened. Just, you know, tell me why you did tell me. Don't you love me? Like, come on. You know, like, he doesn't care. Like, at, at that point, it felt like, you know, Jackie didn't care about the mm-hmm. trial. He didn't care about the verdict. He didn't care about 
guilty, not guilty, or or what his life was going to be, or anybody else in that courtroom. All he cared about was, you know, <laughs> this is not an intentional thing to say this, and it's just making me laugh because I'm about to say this. All he cared about at that moment yeah. was family, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, now I'm seeing, now I'm starting to see a theme in Vin Diesel movies. Yeah, right? you know, that's all he like. Man, aren't we family? You know, don't you? I love you. And when he's done you know? nine yeah. Fast and Furious movies, the <laughs> theme is pretty yep. ingrained in his so, life. <laughs> so I, I thought that was probably I, I, that'd probably be my favorite part. Just that whole interaction with his cousin on yeah, the stand. That's good. That was a good part. Uh, for me uh, personally, I, I've already talked about my favorite scene, but the second, like the one that'll come next, is one that's already also mentioned, and that was when. You know, he was brought to the judge chambers informed that his mother passes. To me, that's the point where this comedy, because it's been kind of laughs, laughs, laughs up mm-hmm. to that point, becomes more dramatic. Um, it was a pivotal point. I like that. Um, I think most hated scene, only because I was so pissed off watching it, was mm-hmm. when he was uh, trying to have lunch with the rest of his... Uh, oh, yeah. With the rest of his family. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, and his mobster family. That felt so uncomfortable. Yeah, and then the guy was just an absolute dick to him. And and that alone just showed the stark contrast between the people who were in power versus mm-hmm. the grunt workers. And uh and I also hated the uh the prosecutor. Like he was so arrogant. It it, mm-hmm. it kind of pulled some realism out of it for me. It wasn't it wasn't too real with him just being such a dick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's like yeah. built this case for months. This this whole case has dragged on for literal years in court. It is the uh, mm-hmm. the world's longest, or at least the Americans' longest court case ever. And uh, just the the absolute dick prosecutor was perfectly casted. I thought he wasn't going to be, <laughs> you know, the evil villain, but he definitely was. Yeah, um, I thought the judge was going to oh, be yeah. a dick the whole time, but nope, nope. It was the, <laughs> definitely the prosecutor. So that that really, uh, God, I hated that guy. <laughs> I really hated that guy. Yeah, he really turned uh, it. I think all the actors actually played well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he really turned it personal, and that was, yeah, that was uh, mm-hmm. kind of just like, mm, what, 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 why, you know? And it was all just for his own political aspirations, you know? Yeah, it wasn't for any right and wrong yeah. or any kind of like you know oh i'm trying to clean the streets or make this world a better place it was a hundred mm-hmm. oh i'm just trying to get ahead in my career yeah yep just make his career kind of case yeah what about you jimmy i think the i think the moment that uh pissed me off with him was when uh he first brought jackie into his office and was giving him a steak dinner trying to butter him up and then when jackie kind of refuses mm. to turn on everybody he he flips the the food away and i was like no like it was yeah, like it's perfectly delicious. good to steak. <laughs> and you just like, oh man, my god. It looks so good. Didn't he have like, like a surf and turf? Oh, yes. Yeah, like I think it was like that steak and lobster, delicious. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that that's when I hated him the most, I think, when he when he did that. You son of a bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> that's like that's like less than twenty minutes into the movie. <laughs> like, oh my god. And I should have looked at this. Was this before or after uh, Batman Begins? When did Batman Begins come out? I got to look that up. Because in Batman Begins, he plays, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne's father, of course, in the flashbacks. And he's a very likable doctor. 
this is this came out after. Oh, okay, so it was after. So yeah, so you would have already seen him in that and been like, okay, this, he's a nice guy. <laughs> no, I didn't even place him as that. We That's where I steak. always see him. Yeah, he ruined steak. Um, yeah, it's hard to say a favorite move. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite moment. Um, I guess it would probably be when um, <clears throat> when Peter Dinklage's character is in. I guess it was around the lunchtime with the whole the whole family, and uh, Nick Calabresi, the, the the mob boss, is uh, saying, you know, if he ruins this, you know, we're done. We're, we're he's going to be he, he's gone or whatever. And Peter Dinklage goes, well, it's not really your decision. Like that's that's pretty huge for even you know no matter how, how great of a lawyer he is to say that to a mob boss. I really mm-hmm. like that, you know. And of course, the you know Nick Calabresi, the, the douchebag. So of course, he's gonna come back with, a, "You want to bet?" But no, <laughs> it's not your decision, anyways. Yeah, because the entire time I wanted to beat the shit out of Nick Calabresi. He was such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, Jackie was a better person than I was. So yeah, no real uh, favorite part. Just uh, some good scenes, I think, and some surprisingly uh, a decent. Uh, yeah, surprisingly decent scenes and. and with uh, with Vin Diesel there, so um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's an easy question, but what do you guys think about the the movie being made today? I feel like it, the time period is irrelevant for a movie like this, but I'm not sure if it would be successful if it wasn't based on a true story. That I feel like that's what makes it really interesting. What do you guys think? Well, it w- wasn't successful. <laughs> <laughs> When it came out, exact same thing. Two thousand six. Okay, just, okay. Just let, this let me rephrase opinion. that. <laughs> let me rephrase that. We we were pleasantly surprised. I think it's safe to say the yeah. three of us. So would we have been pleasantly surprised if it was just a basic courtroom drama? And uh, I don't know. Pick a pick an action uh, star to, to to play the main role. And and if we and if we didn't know it was based on a true story. Yeah, I think it would be kind of the same. Okay. Um, I, I don't think there would be too much difference if if you rebooted it now or whatever that would look like. Uh, like you said, it, it's since it's a court case and based on a true story, it's going to be one that can be told. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the fact, especially with a well-documented court case like this one was... <clears throat> I think the the only thing that they would probably change from now and then is the fact that the uh, the assistance to the prosecutor isn't gonna one they're women giving him a, basically a massage as they're uh, working the case. I don't think that would happen. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that would happen now. <laughs> I was like, man, that just proves his, what it. Does. <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> I think that's the only thing that would pro- possibly change. Um, uh, if they remade the movie, but uh, I think it holds up today just fine. Uh, I was honestly pleasantly surprised overall on the movie for sure. What about you, Richie? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I think it's you know, kind of like Jamie said, the the time frame doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, court proceedings hasn't really you know that hasn't really changed in the last you know. 27 years so i mean it's that part is still mm-hmm. 17 years my math is off today <laughs> but but you know um so i mean i don't think that's changed at all and you know as we record this we're about a month out from 
uh, the Murdoch trial, which was, you know, a really big deal here in my home state of mm-hmm, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and was getting a bunch of national attention. And so, I mean, we're about a month out from that verdict, and people were just hooked on watching those proceedings and everything else. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, as far as court cases and, and that type of thing goes, yeah, it absolutely could still be made today. I think that's a yeah. fair thought, Richie. I didn't even think about that as how publicized big court cases are nowadays even. That's true, yeah. Like, if that court case happened now, would it even be made into a story? Or would they be reining it in a lot more? You know, because, I mean, the 80s were the 80s, but, mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, think about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial that was just so heavily publicized. Mm-hmm. So something that's the biggest racketeering charge, you know, being indicted that would be pretty hugely followed and i think it would be less comedic value <laughs> to even make a movie out of if it was you know if that court case happened like right now mm-hmm. so yeah that's a fair fair assumption there i'm kind of curious i kind of want to go back on youtube now and see if if there was like what kind of media coverage this had it had to have some. I mean, it's the late 80s. It's not like it's, you know, the 1950s or something like that. Was court TV a thing yet? I, I, mean, don't, I, I don't think so. Don't Code of Silence was going on, so I don't think anybody was watching <laughs> court cases. <laughs> watching Chuck Norris kick ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do think it was funny that uh, the last movie we did was What Dreams May Come, and then Annabelle is in this movie again. So mm-hmm. I feel like we, the next movie we got to watch is another one with her and just keep it going. <laughs> Make her the central focus of all of our shows and movies. There you go. Welcome to the Annabelle Sicoria uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do have I, some actor thoughts on this movie though. Cause it, like the past episodes, I got a bunch of, um, I, I got two Vin Diesel interviews specifically oh. about this film. Interesting. Uh, both happened okay. in 2006. One's from Screen Slam. The other one's from Film Jerk. Uh, this Screen Slam, they're kind of the same interview, so I'll just do the highlights of both. Um, but Vin Diesel talks about how much um, he, he really wanted to be an actor-director throughout the 90s. He did his own short film called Multifacial, and it's the only other role that he has played. Hmm where it's not a fictional character. So this was his first role since that film that came out early 90s, which was his own directed film. And uh, he he got the courage to direct that multifacial film by uh, reading a book called Making Movies by Sidney Lamont, which is the director of this film. So it heavily influenced him to do this film with Sidney because... It, it, it's his favorite director. Um, and they uh, they talked about how cool it was to shoot near New York, you know, by shooting in New Jersey where the trial took place. Mm-hmm. Um, Film Jerk was more about how challenging it was to play a real character uh, for Vin uh, because all of his roles were fictitious act, action-based things. And the real Jackie actually came to his trailer first day of filming to make sure Vin understood what the trial really meant to him. Um, and if you didn't know, Jackie died before the real Jackie, that is died Mm -hmm. before the film shot its final scene where, you know, the closing argument scene, which in my opinion, I think was 
one of the greatest parts of the film. I thought I thought it was very real. And Vince, uh, Vin being the spiritual guy that he is, talked about how like he didn't feel alone in that scene when he was doing it. Like he felt Jackie was there with him. Um, I not only had always dreamed of working with Sidney the Man. Uh, when I first directed my first short movie, Multifacial, I didn't know how to direct. And I purchased a book called Making Movies by Sidney Lumet. And that book actually gave me the confidence to go direct this short movie. So 10 years later, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to work with Sidney Lumet. It was cool because we were shooting in New Jersey where the trial actually, the state that the trial actually took place. Of course, when I was growing up, Jersey felt like Hawaii. I mean, it felt that far away from Manhattan mm -hmm. uh, growing up in the city. Uh, I thought it'd be easier to get to California than Jersey. Uh, so I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with the trial at the time. Um, but it was incredible to shoot with the, the New York director, Sidney Lament, and to shoot in New York with a room full of New York actors. Uh, there was a conversation about going and shooting up in Canada before we started, and Sidney Lament called me and said, we have to shoot in New York. We have to shoot in New York. I have to shoot in New York if only for my extras. I want all New York actor extras. I want to cast each extra for these scenes. And now that's rare that a director would take the time in a courtroom of 300 people to take the time to cast each one of the people that are, that are in that courtroom scene. But that's a testament to the miraculous way that Sidney makes a movie, that attention to detail. But yeah, that's that's actor thoughts on this one. Vin Diesel just wanted to do it because it was a it was a chance to do something very very different and uh, work with one of his favorite directors, which I think is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know it's kind of a shame that we've made it this far and we haven't even talked about Sidney Lumet or Lumet or Lamont or how you pronounce his name. I but... think Lamont. I'm going with Lamont. <laughs> yeah, Lamont. I think <laughs> there's no N in there though. Lamont. Yeah. <laughs> we need to launch a full investigation know. into this. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get Google um, to say it. Sydney Lamette. Sydney L. But uh you know, he was I, I realized just how prolific of a director he was, you know. Um Twelve Angry Men, uh The Verdict, you know, th these these movies that stand out yeah. as cinematic, you know, masterpieces and just incredibly influential movies. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I just had no idea this was the same guy. And honestly, after watching the movie, I probably never would have put that together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> either, never. you know, I feel like I feel like, you know, as much as I, I was pleasantly surprised, I feel like the quality of this movie still just doesn't it hold up at all compared to some of his other works, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's interesting because he goes back to like the 1952. Um, yeah, and did. Let's just go look at some of his movies and compare it, or not not to compare it, but uh, uh, just looking at some of them before he did this one. So he did Serpico, which is a huge one. 
mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he did Child's Play, which uh, spawned so many uh, movies. Actually, that's a um, oh, that's a different one. Never mind. I was thinking of uh, the Chucky series. That's a different Child's Play. Um, but yeah, he did Murder on the or- the original Murder on the Orient Express, The Wiz, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, he did. God, he got so many. He's got yeah, he's got quite a rap. Seventy five director credits. That's that's a long career. Oh yeah. And and then this, I think they said this was his official. Even though there's one that came out before this one, this was the one uh, actually he did before he died. Yeah, that's crazy. But anyways, um, <clears throat> I wanted to. Uh, I know I can't. This is. I'll try to do a YouTube video for this one, but I'm going to post a a uh, a movie poster. To, for you guys to see, and, and I'll try to explain it to the audience. But basically, we're all familiar with when uh, when there's there's a movie done and an actor's passed, and then years and years later they remarket it, you know, to try to get the people who know him now. And so they yeah. put they put modern pictures instead of the actual character they played in the movie. And, and so there's this movie poster that find me guilty, and they clearly use an image of Vin Diesel when he's bald. Uh, I I don't even know. That could be from uh, when he's playing Don uh, Dom Toretto yeah. or Toretto, right? Yep. Yeah. And it's just like, why do you? Why I can't stand it when they remarket stuff like this. And then even the and then they're clearly trying to make it look way more gritty, way more drama. And they even changed the, the tagline. <laughs> I love the tagline though. Like <laughs> the it's, it's troll meme quality. <laughs> yes, it's oh my god. <laughs> And then, and then the quote at the bottom: "This film runs on pure diesel." <laughs> this can't, this can't be a real poster. Like, there's no way this is real. No, uh, I think this, this has to be a troll. I think it's uh, like I don't know. <laughs> there's people like us who who want to talk about movies, and they just do this instead. Well, for, for anybody that wants to look, it's the last image in the collection of images on IMDb. <laughs> it 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 looks. I mean, I'm seeing it on some UK website, so I wonder if it's a UK rebranding to get the the, uh, the European audience. Boy, are they in for the bait and switch then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big like, non sequitur oh. kind of humor guy, so this falls in my wheelhouse. But yeah. That's the biggest bait and switch ever. <laughs> they're, they're gonna be so surprised. Vin was gonna kick some ass in this movie. What? <laughs> He does. Well, especially when you compare this to the original movie poster. Mm-hmm. Him in his, you know, ill-fitting suit mm-hmm. with his horrible... Sitting in that recliner in the jail cell, just looking, you know, oh, I love that despondent. That yes. looks so comfy. You know, I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the original movie poster is very much like... This is the like goofy. A, Here we go again. Kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. That's awesome. I just realized there's a mouse in the uh, in that poster too. Never noticed that before. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyways, all right. So what? It, um, it, it's funny that this is the longest movie we, we've we've done in uh, in our time here, <laughs> but it's probably the shortest podcast. <laughs> the shortest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what are your final thoughts? Uh, go ahead, Richie. What, what what are your final thoughts about this film? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I was I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because, you know, just based on the uh, the trailer and the description of it, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for this movie. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was. You know, it's a movie that I'm glad I saw once. <laughs> you know, I won't ever watch it again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it it was okay for what it was, uh, and I, um, yeah, it, it was it was fine. It was a fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, it was okay. Uh, mm, is there anything else I could say about it? Mm, no, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with Richie's uh, assessment. Uh, in my opinion, I, I think it's a very much don't judge a book by its cover kind of mm-hmm. story. Uh, that's the overarching theme, and and family's important. You should do everything you can for your family, whether they're a bunch of mobsters. Family. Yeah, family. Family. Insert quote. Family. I don't have friends. I got family. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it, I was pleasantly surprised about this movie too. It was, it definitely changed my view because I was going in going, this is going to be the stupidest piece of crap I've ever watched. <laughs> and it, it, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> it's, it's around the middle for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty decent. Okay. Nice. I feel like the only thing uh, that needs to be said is that there were 30, three zero actors in this film that were also on The Sopranos. That's all you need to know. That's crazy. <laughs> and I'll That's give typecasting, man. Yeah, yeah. And oh, 100%. This pigeonhole thing, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> hey. Sidney Lumet knew what knew what he wanted. <laughs> and I'll give credit to Vin Diesel for gaining 30 pounds. That is not Yeah. Well, it's it's easy for for some of us, of course, but for an actor who's known for 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 action and taking off and ripping off his shirt, and no, that's not that's not yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I but mean, 30 uh, pounds was just his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm a wise so, guy. So I would uh I would give this movie I think three out of five recliners. I don't know about you guys, because he can't sleep without that recliner. <laughs> three recliners. <laughs> I don't know. I uh yeah, I, I'd probably go two recliners okay. on this. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking I'd go two recliners and an ottoman. So like two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. They're That's matching good. ottoman though. It's a matching ottoman. I was surprised yeah. enough that I, I want to give it that extra one just because I really went yeah. in with low expectations. And I think if you That's do fair. that, you'll you'll enjoy it more yeah. than you would <laughs> expect. Would you say it's his it's one of his like not taking into account action because, you know, it's not really uh they're not necessarily uh, award worthy movies, but like underrated. I don't know. Would you consider it one of his most underrated films? I mean, this guy plays Groot, man. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't know about. Underrated. I don't know about underrated. I think it's rated right where it should be. <laughs> I mean, it's just, the, it, it, the world it, what, got this one right, Richie. Yeah, what was it? Sixty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, sixty-two. That, sixty-two. That's probably generous if it's in. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, and again, I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to crap on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it wasn't as bad as I thought it. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't 
good. It matches Jamie's <laughs> expectations. Sixty-two percent is is three three fifths, right? Roughly, yeah. It's, it works. It's true. Well, all right. Well, there you have it. I so, think the uh, world was also pleasantly surprised, but they just didn't want to watch it. So, so <laughs> I say so, watch it at least once. <laughs> but uh, but but you don't have to. That's the that's the consensus. Yeah. You could watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's streaming. You can watch it, or you can just you know read the court transcript, and there you go, you got the whole movie right there. It's it's very true. I think the uh, the Wikipedia on this is it's good enough. Yep, <laughs> good enough. That's the tagline. Yep. Find me guilty. It's not good, but it's good enough. I just good I just feel like there's some college out there with a criminal professor going, "We're gonna have to watch this movie <laughs> because I love it because he's a crime professor." And that's the only reason he wants Yo, them to yeah. watch the movie. Yes. <laughs> if anybody out there has ever had to watch this movie as part of a classroom assignment, we need to yeah, put it in the comments. We <laughs> got to know. on Twitter and tell us. Need your perspective. <laughs> like, what did the prosecutor do wrong? <laughs> uh. I need that. I need that thesis. Please shoot us a link. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think that's it for me. How about you guys? Yeah, uh, just need to know what we're doing next, J-Man. Oh, yes. What I believe are we since doing this next? is the fifth one, since it's, it's the fifth movie in the series, right? Mm-hmm. So that was number five for us. Right? We start over? Okay. And, uh... We would, but I, the next one is technically dealer's choice. So we decide as hosts to kind of oh. break up the is whole, that what like, we do? this is the series. Yeah, because we're at the... Because we're, we're at, at the, the end of the, uh, we, of the decades right? before mm. we start back over in the 70s. I have an idea. I think we should do the movie that kind of started the podcast. Oh, uh, Office Space? Hook. Oh, Hook. Sorry, sorry. I was looking at the uh, image and so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you said started. Yeah, we're very much Office Space. Because <laughs> uh, uh, that's, the, that's the movie that brought around the podcast was Hook. That's true. We were talking about how uh, that's yeah was not given uh, due its due credit by the by the critics. In our very Absolutely humble not. and non biased opinion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm totally down do for hook. hook. Okay, I'm good with Hook. Absolutely. On uh, on Discord is are we able to just bring that up directly? I guess not, huh? Because that's just a random bot. On the yeah, next, I don't think yeah, we, get, we might have to just have to post it saying next override week is it. Hook. Okay, cool. I'll just uh, I'll just get the poster on there and uh, and post Perfect. it on there. Yeah, awesome. I look forward to Hook. Then that's gonna be a I think a a, a longer podcast for anyone yeah. that really needs. It's gonna be four a full hours, hour. Four full hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll block out my whole weekend yeah. for that. Rogan's gonna have nothing on. No, our not at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, we 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 appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll definitely see you next time on uh, on the death of VHS. Bye, everybody. See you guys. Bye. All right. The death of VHS is recorded and produced by John Walls, Dylan Bailey, Jamie Johnson, Abe Ponce, and me, Richie Stevens. Editing by Jamie Johnson. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at death of vhs and come join us on our discord to hang out uh, with us and other fans and to discuss the latest episode you can find the link for our discord in the show notes 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Death of VHS.